All right, talking to your mic a little bit. Okay, Rob, if I start rambling, like, touch your nose, and then I'll know. No, I won't. I'll just interrupt you. I'll say, tighten. Okay, Okay, good. good. (laughs) Reel it in. Reel it in. Good, good. All right, he's scratching it right now. Cutting the record back and forth against the needle. Back and forth, back and forth, making it scratch. But let me tell you something. Don't try it at home with your dad's stereo. Only under hip-hop supervision. Welcome everyone. This is that record got me high. I'm Rob Elba. I'm I'm home. I'm in my home base, and I have a guest right here in front of me. It's amazing. Uh, it's been a long time since I've had a guest face to face guest. Uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to have you guys here. I'm fully over my cold, so I think I sound almost like a normal human being now. And without further ado, let's welcome to the show Miss Heidi Caballero. Welcome to the show, Heidi. Hi, Rob. Good morning. That record got me high. Good I'm happy morning. to be here. Yes, we're doing a morning, Saturday morning. Full disclosure, Heidi was booked to be a guest. Uh, I think you were booked before and then something happened and you could, oh, well, yeah, well, shit happened. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Life happened. Yes. But then she's here on a visit. She came to visit. So I said, hey, let's just do the episode now. So we're doing it. Uh, we're doing it now. She, uh, we're having coffee and it's relaxing. And uh, my wife's running around, you know, cleaning the cleaning uh, as she should be. <laughs> I know it's terrible. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's, that's why your home is so warm and inviting and clean. I know. Heidi realized she saw that Lisa was like sweeping about such. She goes, now I, now I realize why your house is always clean. Your wife cleans it. <laughs> and full disclosure, like I'm good friends with Elisa. So yes, yeah. yes. We're all good friends. Uh, Heidi, she, uh, for those of you who don't know, Heidi, uh, her, her husband, she's married to my uh, other dear friend, Javi Caballero, who was a guest on our uh, Pixies episode, uh, and they live in where? Louisville, Kentucky. Yes. Kentucky proud over here. And you are a, Heidi is a certified run coach, so she's all about running. She's already, she already ran this morning, like before we were even up, she was out running, and uh, she's back, and you probably run again, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, not today, but... Probably tomorrow morning. I'll yeah, be running. yeah. No, running is a big part of your life, and I don't judge her for that, even though I don't understand it. There's a lot of things I don't understand, but whatever. You know, it makes her happy. <laughs> it does. I and do. I do understand it. I also am really happy that we're here in the morning, Rob, and we're drinking coffee as opposed yes. to cocktails because I don't drink those anymore, and it right, feels right, right because uh, we'll t- we'll get into it in the album. But I thought this episode we could call it like that record got me enlightened. Oh, okay. Instead of high, that's good. That's right. Yeah. Well, I always tell you know people. Some people think uh, that record got me high is it's not really a drug reference. It's just high because you get high in anything. You yeah. get on running. There's running. something called a runner's high. Yes. Yes. So uh, that record got me enlightened. That's good though. All right. So what is the record we're talking about? Uh, this morning we are going to be discussing. Oh. <laughs> no, no, we. It may be disgusting. I may be disgusting. Yeah, we're going to be talking about "License to Ill" by the Beastie Boys. There you go. 
The Beastie Boys, their fourth studio album, released May 31st, 1994. So, uh, uh, let me ask you, 1994, not to, not to give out your age, but I'm going to do no, that, no, basically. No, no, of course, of course. How, how old were you when this record came out? I was 16. Per- so perfect. Yeah. You're at the perfect, because, yeah, I just realized, we, we realized doing the show that 15, 16, that's the age when a record just sort of gets you and gets under your skin, and there's no, even though we, we love music, like, there's stuff comes out and we'll, oh, I love that, but you can't love it as much as you do when you're 16 years old. Yeah, yeah, and um, this, so we know, well... Rob knows that I have an older brother that I have a really uh, difficult relationship with, but yeah. he is nine years older than me. Oh, okay. So, actually, License to Ill came out in 1986 when I was eight, but my brother was 17. And so I really looked up to him when it came out, and the Beastie Boys had just kind of taken the, the world by a storm, and, you know, with Fight for Your Right to Party. Yes. And, uh, he was crazy for it, and it trickled down to me. And so, you know, as I got older, by the time I was 16, I was ready for my own Beastie album. Right. And you know? thank God, actually, thank God you got this Beastie album, because I'm going to be, all right, <laughs> full disclosure, I am not, I, I, I'm not a hater. I'm not a Beastie Boys hater at all, but I'm not a fan. And it's, I know why I'm not a fan, because when that, like you said, when that album came out, it was huge. And I just didn't, I, I didn't. I, I didn't like it. Kick it! Because for me, they seem like, you know, like privileged, immature, beer-swilling party rockers. Yeah, I mean, it was like frat boy rock, you know, and my brother was, you know, a white kid in the Midwest. Oh, he was all over that. Yeah, breakdancing in the basement, you know, to fight for your right to party. And so, right. Yeah. But later on, I realized, you know, I, I appreciate it. I would hear, you know, obviously I'm, uh, I'm not blind to uh, the Beastie Boys and they ended up doing some really great shit. And they also evolved a lot. They became they went they became like uh, peace seeking monk like uh, <laughs> Tibet, like some of the. All right. Uh, is it MCA that actually became a Buddhist? Right? Yes. Yes. All MCA right. um, became a Buddhist. He befriended His Holiness the Dalai Lama. Um, he, you know, married a Tibetan woman. Yes. Um, really um, brought into kind of American pop culture consciousness the cause of the Tibetan people. And actually, the reason why I ultimately reached out to you to ask to be on your podcast, because we've been friends. Uh, I'm a fan of the podcast. I obviously have a lot of opinions and we talk, but I never really wanted to be on. Right. The reason that I wanted to be on was actually... In December 2019, I traveled to India. I had the blessing to meet His Holiness the Dalai Lama. And while I was there, I was at a monastery uh, called Rato Monastery. And outside of the temple at Rato was a 
plaque for the donors and Adam Yauch's name was on that plaque um, as a donor to this temple. And it really, in my mind, I mean, that trip was, you know, transformative, but it really circled back to, you know, just how life happens and all of that to, you know, and, and then also, you know, with the difficulties I had with my brother, because if it weren't for him, I wouldn't have kind of been into the Beastie Boys. Right, right. And then I maybe wouldn't have ended up in India. So well, I, yeah, I was going to ask you that because I I know obviously I I know you're uh you yeah you went to India India and you're a Buddhist and you and, and you like hang out with the uh with with the local monks in uh, Louisville. You guys got you know you all have a thing going. They like cook you cook each other stuff and it's, yes. it sounds awesome. But that I mean that wasn't in your mind frame at all when you were a 16 year old listening to this, right? Well, it's real. So it is also really weird because um when this album so. I lived in, I went to middle school in Chicago, and then my family moved to Florida. And my first concert that I ever went to alone was the Beastie Boys. Fire Hose opened up for them. Oh my God. At the Riv in Chicago on the Check Your Head tour. Oh, and amazing. So, I mean, it, there's a whole story there. I lied to my parents. I told them because they hated the Beastie Boys oh. from, from License to Ill. Of course, yeah. And they were like, <laughs> they would not have let me go. So at the time, I told them, like, oh, there's 120 minutes that show on MTV. Yeah. That was a tour that was happening. And so I said to my parents, we're going to go to the 120 minutes tour. Because oh, I'm like, wow. you know, 14. <laughs> That's and great. they let me go to that. They let but, you go to yeah. that. Wow. So, you, were, you were smart enough to make a, a specific, a very specific I was very, lie that your parents yeah, would buy. Yeah. I was very smart. smart. A smart liar. Right. So, uh, you know, and then in the middle of my freshman year of high school, my family moved from the suburbs of Chicago to Coral Springs. Oy. And I ended up at Stoneman Douglas. Ooh. And it was just the greatest culture shock you yeah. could imagine oh yeah well no i can't i moved because my family i moved uh, uh from new york to south florida when i started middle school so yeah, yeah i know about shit like that and so <laughs> that year check your head came out and the beastie boys did Lollapalooza. so i had met some kids you know that were like into fish at stoneman douglas and they were going to Lollapalooza, and so we went to Lollapalooza and the Beasties played and this album came out, Ill Communications, and it really, in this place in my life where I felt like, you know, where I felt really lost and out of place, it was like something familiar in the Beasties, but then something like new and different in the Buddhism that's in this album that right. I could just latch on to. Oh, okay, okay. And I did. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, I was telling Elise, like, there was a Borders on the corner of Atlantic and University and Coral Springs, and, like, I went over there and got all these Buddhist books, and, you know, just throughout my life up to the current moment, it's been, you know, a, a support for me. Oh, so. okay. All right, so I didn't realize that. So it was sort of the... Uh, yeah, I know. So that's why it, 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 that's why you can't. Even though I'm not, you you real, you know me. I'm not a spiritual person by nature. I'm just not, you know. But it's also sometimes the way life works and the way things happen. You think, well, maybe it's an accident, but can it be? I mean, really, because so many things happen, and they think, and you feel like later after the fact, oh, maybe it did happen for a reason, and maybe there is, you know, and and. And, and order to everything that we just can't understand as yeah. mere mortals. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's really how I felt, um, you know, in India. And I can show you later, like, the, you know, the picture of the temple that had Adam Yauch's name on it. And, you know, 
you're a million miles away from wherever you started out, you know, me and my life, you know, physically, spiritually, all that. And then here's this thing, you know, out in the middle of nowhere in yeah. India that just shows up. That's like a connection you have. And, right. and then you know, like, okay, there, there's there's something bigger than we... Uh, yeah, <laughs> sure, why not? Yeah. yeah. But, um, all right, so you obviously, all right, so you, you grasp onto that. But also, uh, in, in listening to this, which I, I've obviously heard a lot of things from this record, but this is the first time I ever dug into and listened to the whole thing. And it's, it, it's really great. I mean, at this point, they were just exploring, because there's everything on here. There's, like, there's jazz, there's hip-hop, there's hardcore, there's funk. So, I mean, there's everything, but they, they managed to do whatever they did, they would do really well, and it didn't sound... It, it it didn't sound so much like white boys, you know, three white boys, mm-hmm. you know, taking on taking on shit that they really had no business doing. You could tell they were really in in a lot of the shit they do. They they really loved and they're, they're talented at, at doing at putting this shit together because it's not as you know as as uh, thrown together as stuff like this can sound. You you know people that 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 know anything about music realize it's not easy to do that. Mm-hmm. It's not easy to do what they put together, and it's great. I mean, this is a really great record. It it really is. And uh, so, did you you appreciated that stuff too? All the all the music. Yeah, I mean the music. It you know I'm not a musician, but the way that it hit my ear then and now, I'm yeah. like I like it. You right. know, and when I was listening to it more critically recently to prepare for this. I remember when we were on the road trip to Tennessee. Yes. And you were there. Us, while, this is us. This is yeah, me and uh, Rob my wife, Elisa. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and uh, you know, I was in charge of the music that day. And, you know, I can't, like, I mean, we said, you know, DJ attention deficit disorder. Oh, yeah, DJ, I don't even know if we're allowed <laughs> to say it. Disorder. But, you know, like, my musical taste is very... Broad and I can jump from one thing, (laughs) jump from one thing to another. And listening to this album, I was like, oh, it's so me. It is, you know, right? It is because it goes right. It'll go from this like jazzy flute song to this like super hardcore song, right? With with, with them playing. All right, so let's, uh, for those who don't know, uh, we got uh, Adam Adrock Horowitz. he plays guitar, obviously vocal. They're all vocals. He plays guitar. Michael, Mike D. Diamond, uh-huh. Mike Diamond on drums, and Adam MCA. Is, how do you pronounce that? Yauk. Yauk. Uh, he plays the bass, and he plays some upright bass in this. And they're they're really good players. I mean, they're really uh, they're just when they play like the hardcore stuff, and then the real heavy funk stuff. You can tell these guys can really play. And, uh, and and that's how they started out. They started out as just like a band, like a hardcore band. And then they got into, obviously, they, they really got into uh, hip hop, but in a very organic way, I feel. And I feel, you know, me, I, I have my own issues. I just automatically, you know, three, three obviously guys that grew up privileged, maybe a little privileged and stuff like that. Of course, I'm going to hate them immediately if they become successful, because that's just how I am. But uh, I really do. Uh, I mean, I going into this, I was like, how are we going to kind of deal with the things that could be problematic? Right. About. Right. Three white rappers. Right. And um, I actually was really pleased that at the time when this came out, they were addressing the criticism. Yes. You know. Yeah. Right. And they were aware of it and acknowledged it. And so you can really see that like. 
the music they're making is coming from a place of like honoring and respecting the roots of where it came from. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, and it's not, I mean, it's not as kind of like, oh, they're appropriating a culture that they weren't part of. It's like honoring. Yeah, which is great. And then then I realized in looking back, I was looking back and uh, yeah, they did. I think a lot of the people that knew, like a lot of the hip hop community sort of got that early on. Mm -hmm. So they didn't treat them like a vanilla ice and like people like that. They didn't treat them like that because they could tell that it was coming from an authentic place and they brought and there's people on this record that they brought on and even um Bismarck I know early on kind of you know said who are these white boy dis-? but as soon as he realized and then he's on this record and obviously so yeah they they yeah. pretty much uh the the proof as they say the proof is in the pudding all right so let's uh let's get in let's start listening to this record oh, for uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Exciting. All right. So the first song right away it features a sample from jazz flautist Jeremy Stieg's uh, Howlin' for Judy, which is like basically the main instrumental uh, in the song. And then they're rapping over it. And then there's just the, the wordplay throughout the whole record is just great. And uh, a lot of it, I'd never, you know, even if I'd heard this, I actually, you know, dig in and you read the lyrics and it's great. And there's references. I, I was going to add, well, let's listen to a little okay, bit. Of okay, okay. Let's listen to a little bit of Sure Shot. Carew. So they're throwing in revenue. You did not, as a 16-year-old, you did not know these references they were no. throwing in, right? <laughs> Absolutely not. I mean, yeah. Uh, it, but I feel like when that song, I mean, with the dog saying I love you, it's yeah. just like, and it's just such a strong start. Like, yes. it's so It's very well done. <laughs> yeah, like reflective to me of like, I don't know, the times, like, it was before the internet. You know, I mean, not before like the internet was used to like spread viral things, but yeah, there'd be right. like, you know, people would pass around like what jerky boys tapes yes, and stuff, yes. you know? And so that, that, that song, like that dog thing, was, I love you. I remember that. I remember that was like a thing, but how, like what year this was 94. Yeah. So. And, and I also, I mean, the internet was out there, but it wasn't. You know, it wasn't like, like it, is. it is today. It wasn't horrible and ruining everything yeah. in society like it is today. But I also, to me, in my brain, when I hear that, like it harkens back to like the Jane's addiction with the dog and that kind of sound. And so it was oh, just right, 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 right. Something about it hit me that was familiar, but then like my own thing and in the context of my life has well, explained. Like, right, right, right. You know, it was just like, uh, and it's, you know, the 
the way that they rap and they're passing the mic back and forth and the but they're also but they're singing about very what what uh, what I really like right from the start what I got was that they're, they're they're acknowledging that they're getting older and they're and they're mature they matured when they said uh, a timing like a clock when I rock the hip hop top notch is my stock on the soapbox I've got more rhymes and I've got gray hairs and that's a lot because I've got my share so they're yeah. already admitting that they're they're getting older and then they're clearly growing because they say I, I want to say a little something that's long overdue the disrespect, disrespect to women. yeah to women has got to be through to all the mothers and sisters and the wives and friends I want to offer my love and respect to the end which is big for them saying that because there is if you go back to the earlier stuff oh yeah they, they said a lot girl, of problematic yeah. things I mean they had a song called girls that was like you know Girls are to do the dishes, yeah, to do the laundry, yeah, yeah. to clean up my they're room. Idiot kids at that yeah. point, but but it's great that they're showing that you could mature and evolve and grow, and yeah. that's great. Right out the gate on the right. song, just saying like this is a different Beastie Boys than you know, like yeah, we've yeah, grown. Yeah, yeah. Right, uh, right, you know, you were in for something bigger. And yeah, like, you know, the gray hairs. But the musical references, like, are above my head. That's what you're here for. <laughs> well, there's that. I mean, Ben, a lot of it, it, it shows uh, just the, the things they're throwing out. It shows that they were, they were smart kids from New York. So they obviously knew a lot of, about musical history. And they, and they were able to grab from that, which is great. Uh, so uh, it's great. And even if you don't, even if you don't get it, it all, like you said, you, you, you get a feeling and a sense of it. So it comes through. Even that, that's a great thing about music. Like, you people bring in a record and I go, did you get that when you were a teenager? And they're like, well, not really, but I kind of did because it all gets in there. You know, it soaks into you. Even if you don't understand exactly, you get the intent from what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and you know, the lyric that you read about the, I want to say a little something like that's, 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 um, MCA, you know, saying those lines Yeah, yeah, yeah. and really just like, Okay, this is a turning point in our life. Right, where, right, right. You know. Yeah, good for them. And it's right there at the beginning, the first song on this record, so that's great. Yeah. And now they go from here, we go straight up hardcore. Which I I mean, you like this, but I know you I know you you're not really a fan of this type type of music per se, right? It's not like you're gonna listen to a whole record by a hardcore band. That's correct. But right. Javi always says to me, like in my mind I have it, a vision of myself where like I'm kind of punk rock. Oh right, and right. <laughs> Javi always says, like, you are not punk rock. You are like a yuppie that has tattoos. Oh. You know, and I don't see myself <laughs> That's a that little way. harsh. <laughs> listen, he says it with love. But yes. but um like I can get into this, but like literally only for the the length of this song and exactly then I that's what i thought that's yeah. what i thought but it's but great I, <laughs> yeah i mean it goes to my wanting something new so yeah let's listen it and basically this song is there's just some it, it's like trash talk on the on the hoops on the, on the basketball court yeah. that's what it is all right it's let's hilarious. listen to it a little bit of tough guy it's me on the court too many elbows to report now you're poking me in the eye bill lambeer motherfucker it's time for you to die now do, do you know who bill lambeer is oh he's this fucking asshole player that played for the pistons, uh, pistons and everyone hated him yeah they were he was an they, asshole yeah so, they uh, played dirty yeah, yeah they still do exactly. i think 
but they I mean it's just so funny they you know they reference Shaq I'm a huge basketball fan oh yeah that's right yeah when I was growing up actually in the suburbs of Chicago you know my dad and I would always watch uh, it was like during that time when Pippen and Jordan were winning right, and, right I mean right. I I love basketball so I didn't get it at the time, but I look back and I'm like, oh, it fits in with, with who I became. And it's right, just right, right. funny. Um, they also, in this song, uh, you know, they're talking about people being overweight. And he says, like, keep running around. You'll catch a heart attack, which I think maybe is some foreshadowing. Yes. To... Uh, those, well, those two, then that song, the heart attack uh, man is yeah. uh, definitely, yeah, uh, akin to this song. They're yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, we, if you look at this album, there's some kind of like bookending in the scene. Oh, yeah, that yeah, are going for sure. On. Which is great. So it's a concept, very loose concept album. You yeah, say. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think so, uh, which I love. People who know this uh, podcast know that I'm a sucker for a good uh, concept album. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's get, so we got, so we're not going to, there's a lot of songs in this record, so we're not going to talk. How do you tell me the ones we should, we're going to basically focus on? Uh, but but we could talk about uh, B-Boys making with the Freak Freak. I mean, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a, again, like some of these are just good in your ear. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's good. It's got like a catchy sample. And right, 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 right. Yeah, but you know, you get that like strong start with Sure Shot and then Tough Guy gets you going and they've got like a, you know, this song that's strong too, but again, like there's too many. There's too many. Yeah, and then you kind of get the <laughs> instrumental break, right? Right. With Bobo. Bobo on the corner. All right, yeah, now. And now uh, we're going to talk about this next one. This is... Another jazz sample, which I, I I don't know. People who know the show also know that I'm not I'm not crazy about jazz, uh, but they do a really great job of just taking these. Um, this is Jimmy Smith's uh, "Root Down and Get It." So he's got a song "Root Down and Get It" from the album "Root Down," and that's the basic for this track. And then I also I found out that a small vocal sample from from this from "Root Down" was later sampled on the on the Prodigy's 1997 track "Funky Shit." And I guess root down. It's just about being real and being down with your own thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Which you—that's that, you. You're nothing else if not real and down with your own thing, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean. Except Javi may say not really. Yeah, yeah. I think you. Are. No, no. All right, no. let's listen to root down. That's a record. Yeah, this song's really catchy. This song's like an earworm, and it like got in my head afterwards. And I'm thinking, <laughs> I mean, this the, the sound of this song, like you said, is just so good, and it's so like 
the way that they do the kind of call and response with the rapping and when they, you know, it's weird to me now looking back on it because I've listened to a lot of monks chanting. But, oh, you know, right. the three voices <laughs> together when they're, I mean, it just sounds so good. Yeah, they were, they were really good at it. And they're really good rappers. And it's funny when you listen to this and then you hear the other like Q-Tip and uh, Bismarcky, you hear guys like that and they they rap almost effortlessly. Like it feels mm-hmm. like effortless. It's very smooth and comes out. And the Beastie Boys, that's not their thing. They're not smooth. They spit out, but, they, but they're really good at it. Uh, yeah. They're good at spitting out the rhymes and then it's very uh, intense and in your face and they're really good at They cut between them doing lines. So they're, they're great at that. You can't take that away from them. Yeah, and like in this song, actually, there's a line um, where he says like, so I'm going to pass the mic and cause a panic. The original nasal kid is doing damage. Oh, yeah. And it's like an acknowledgement of the sound of their voice. Oh, yes. And yeah. a self-awareness. Especially Ad-Rock it. is the really nasal one, Yeah, right? and you know, again, like on reflection now at 44, I can look at this and, you know, I hear my dad had a real nasally voice. I feel like I have to raise my hand. Like, I've got a nasally kind of oh, voice. Yeah, you do. And... My dad grew up in New York and it's just weird how like we we recognize these things in this music that yeah. was like near and dear to you and then you're like, oh wait, like I heard that voice somewhere else. Right. And, you know, you just place it in your life but so that's much great. later. That's the brilliance of it because they were they were owning up to who they were and where they're from because they're not trying to sound like these other rappers. They're not trying. They're sounding like themselves, but they're still, but, but they're rapping, but they're doing it their way, which is great, which yeah. is great. And I think this also like goes to, you know, I mean, they evolved, but like when they first, I mean, they started out as like just punk rockers, yeah, yeah. you know, and then when they started producing rap music, it was rap music and the way that rappers spit lyrics, which is different than like what we can think of when we start talking about like hip hop, which right. is a yeah, little, yeah. you know, like a mix of rap and R&B, you know, there's a smoothness right. and you can just, this like this particular song, I'm like, it's just beasties, you know, yeah, yeah, right. uh, yeah. but you know, the sound of it and then even the self-awareness of it is just like good. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> And now we get the song. This uh, so originally, I guess uh, this was recorded just as an instrumental, uh, with the vocals not added until like two weeks before the record came out. But uh, this, of course, was a monster song. It's a great song. Let's listen to a little bit of great video too. Let's listen to a little bit of sabotage. <laughs>
good. And and one of the big things that makes this song is uh, MCA's uh, bass playing on this. That heavy distorted bass is so great. But yeah, it's so uh, yeah. The lyrics are great. So what did, what is this about? You've you've like read you have books about the Beastie Boys and stuff. So you, yeah, uh, I mean, so I think well, the story of this particular song is they had been out. In L.A., they set up this recording studio to um, when they recorded Check Your Head. Um, and then they were like they were still producing music and they were their their producer was like, OK, we got to put an album together. Right. And they had this instrumental. Right. And they he was like, we got to put some lyrics to this song. Right. This is Mario. See. Uh, yeah. yeah. Mario. C. And, you know, I think Ad Rock like went in the studio and just started like fucking screaming and yelling about Mario C's like a fucking thorn in my side. Yeah, you're right. You're trying to fucking sabotage you're this all, album. All in my face. Yeah, yeah, you're like pushing me to be creative outside of my fucking, you know, like yeah. you're fucking all this up. And here it comes it's out brilliant. this monster fucking hit. Yeah. This, I mean, this was how I became aware of this album. I just remember like this video coming out. Yeah, and, like, Spike the Jones video. It's so good fucking whole world all of a sudden was like yeah yeah but warranted fully warranted because it's just great and it just kicks yeah i just love uh i got this fucking yeah so while you sit back and wonder why i got this fucking thorn in my side oh my god it's a mirage i'm telling y'all it's sabotage that's so brilliant it's so great yeah and and the fact that he was just like sort of throwing it out off the cuff is like well and you get like some of the I mean, he really was like, I'm going to fucking go in this video. I'm going to go in the studio and just scream. Yeah, and, like, right, right. And you hear that <laughs> yeah, in yeah, there. Yeah. And it's, it's like, powerful. It is. You it know. Is. It's great. And, it, yeah, I mean, and the way they did the video, it was just like, yeah. Right. All right, so then the next one, now we go into what I'm talking about. This is where uh, Q-Tip's joining them, and here's where you hear uh, someone uh, who's more of a smooth rapper with them. And also, it's good that they have him in here because the shit, what he's saying would not be okay if they were saying it. <laughs> but they were, they were smart enough to know. That's why, yeah, because it would be very uncomfortable and problematic if they uh, were saying some of the shit he was saying. Yeah, but it's uh, great, and it also has uh, vocal samples from the song Headless Heroes by Eugene McDaniels. And uh, and then there's a loop. Did you know there's a loop from uh, Aquarius, Let the Sunshine In? No. By uh, Mook Machine <laughs> is in there as well. So they were great at doing that, at bringing in uh, different things and putting it together, which is what uh, which is what you did then. You, you brought in uh, different elements and stitched it all together and made uh, music. So let's listen to a little bit of Get It Together. One, two, one, two, keep it on. Listen to the shit because we keep it till dawn. Listen to the ass track, got it going on. Listen to the ladies, come on and let me spawn. On your eggs, then you go up the river. Listen to the ass track, that freaky nigga. Now I'm at rock and I shock and I tick and I talk and I can't stop with the body rush. See, I got hot like John Stars. Hitting Max Mars. Pass me the mic and I'll be rocking the whole park. Oh, I'm the M to the C to the A and it's a boss. The rhymes that we boss on the topic of lust. <laughs> And my mouth is not butt, but fuck it, let me get down to the rhythm. Yes, I get funky and I'm shooting on my jism like John Bones, the X-rated nigga. Listen to the shit, cause I am the ill figure. Everybody's getting any bigger than this. Phone is ringing, oh my god. 
So yeah, that's a great track, and it's a good example of showing how they're how they know how to do this shit right. How they're not because some you know it, it. I don't know. Maybe it sounds wrong to say, but some of these some uh, like a it, it isn't a white rapper trying to sound black, right? I which mean, which is not cool. And they 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 don't do that. They bring in you know a Q-tip. He's he's him, and they're the way they are, and they're not trying to be anything they're not. Yeah, I mean, and Q-tip. This you you can feel it here, Rob. Like the sound of his voice. Yeah, I yeah, mean, exactly. it is. If you're, it's moving. Yeah, in yeah, like right, a, right, right. You know, in yeah. a, a way. But he's also like so respected and legitimate. He was in Tribe Called Quest. Like right. he has some serious credibility, and for him to show up on this album kind of lends that credibility yeah, to right, the Beastie right. Boys. Right. You know, I mean, and it's it's uh you know it's so good. There's a lyric in in this song that I was gonna mention, which uh, you know they talk about uh, Ad Rock and. Ioni Scott, you know. Oh, uh, well, Q-Tips is like Ad Rocks down with the Ioni. Oh, and he okay, was right, actually right. married to Ioni Sky, who was the actress in Say Anything. Oh, okay, okay. I don't know. It was like a, a pop culture <laughs> reference. No, you know, yeah, I'm like yeah. trying those things. I, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you are of a certain age, like Say Anything is the most like yeah, iconic yeah. Uh, that's, movie. Um, that's John Cusack, uh, John Cusack with Cusack holding the boombox. Boom box over yeah, his head. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, but again, it's just, it's, I don't know, it's this kind of magic, like tying all these different times and things together. Because I, I don't know what say anything was like a late 80s movie. And, yeah, yeah. you know, she, she was every girl's dream and she grows up and fucking marries a beastie boy. Like, <laughs> shit. You know, she could have had John Cusack with that, that boombox. <laughs> all right. So, uh. The next one we're going to talk about is the update and the update. This is another one. It's got some pretty like um, forward thinking sentiments on this one. You know, uh, not what you would expect uh, from uh, from these guys. Or I guess at this point, it, it, it is something you'd expect from them. But uh, but it's good. It's definitely a long, uh, a long way away from fighting for your right to party and shit like that. Yeah. I mean, you'll, we'll talk about the music of it, but the, all of this is Buddhism. The, yeah, every, right. That, that, that's what I figured. It's yeah. all Buddhist philosophy, Buddhist psychology, and right. it's only MCA is is rapping in yeah, this I one. Feeling, yeah. yeah. All right, yeah. let's listen to a little bit of the update.
he's talking about stuff that, that they're talking they talk about a lot more now, but you didn't hear a lot of people talking about it then, uh, about uh, the waters were polluted as the forests are cut down, bombing and drilling deep below the ground. And then uh, because the Mother Earth needs to be respected, been far yeah. too long that she's been Earth neglected. reverence is yeah, really yeah. a part of um, Buddhist, the Buddhist religion, but... Yeah, I mean, all of these things, you know, talking about nonviolence and Martin Luther King and right, also right, right. kind of our ability, like, as people to really change. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And and besides all that, there's some uh, tasty drumming and bass playing on this track. It's, like, really Yeah, you know, the weird thing listening back on this now is that um, you can't really make out what he's saying. The way, and I was trying to ask Javi, like the way that it's mixed with the levels of his voice oh, yeah, yeah. versus the music. And I know there's distortion on the and voice. and muddy. They make it muddy. But maybe that was by design. So maybe it's not so obvious that you have to d- dig in a little deeper. And right. You have to pay you a little more attention. You have to look attention. at what he's saying. So there's like certain words that you can really hear, but the rest of it, it's like you have to take a closer look at. Exactly. Yeah, again, yeah. I'm like. He was really smart and they were smart as musicians and he was a sincere practitioner. So maybe kind of forcing people to look deeper if they really I wanted so. to see. Yep. I think so. Um, now, you had the al- did you have this album or did you have I a I had a, a, cassette? a cassette. Of course. Yeah, it was. Because <laughs> of the time. Yeah, it was a, a green cassette. Okay. And yeah. was the lyric, were the lyrics in the cassette? I like don't, I remember pulling it out and I, I don't, I, yeah, I think they were like, some they were like handwritten, right? Yeah, and it's really cassette. Anytime cassettes had lyrics, it was so hard to read because yeah, it'd be it's tiny, so small. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of songs on here. It's so weird, Rob. I was like, when I was a kid, first of all, I had the Sony Sport, um, yes, you know, Walkman. <laughs> Look, Daddy, it's a horsey. No, sweetie, it's a rooster. Look, it's a monkey. No, that's a cow. It's a Walkman. Ah, that's my girl. When it's the personal stereo that lets you hear the music in a whole new way, it's a Sony. That's great. But so many I, people said that same yeah, thing. Yeah, I would like walk, I would sit and like listen to music and then I would like, you know, like hear a lyric and like write it down and then stop and rewind and like right. hand write the lyrics of so many. Oh, it's a weird. <laughs> yeah. Such a teenage girl thing to do. Yeah, but again, like I think about and of course he's not here anymore to ask, but I think like there's something intentional about not being able to just like, you know, learn a chorus of one of these more Right. Buddhist songs so yeah. that you actually have to think about it which yeah. is yeah well that's it you know I always I go back to that a lot it's not just it isn't just lyrics uh, poetry by itself it's all together as we see you have to take it as a whole and yeah, you have yeah. to take it by their intent and sometimes they're not it's not meant to be so literal and in your face it's something that's deeper that you got to sort of live with a while and listen to a bunch yeah. which is good I mean and in Buddhism they uh, you know there's a big uh, focus on mindfulness which is like really thinking about things and paying attention to what you're doing so kind of hiding those lyrics in the the song you know is a very ma- yeah uh, makes uh, you pay more attention blah, blah. Quality. all right yeah. awesome uh all right so we're skipping there's there's some songs there's uh, uh all right hear this and eugene's lament and uh, flute loop which are which are cool they're cool as a part of the whole the record as a whole because it is it is cool it is sort of takes you on this little journey and there's so many different uh styles of music that they're playing around with yeah and sounds uh, so it's cool. But uh, the next one we're going to talk about is the one that features Biz Markie, and it's uh, Do It. Do it. Oh, let's 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 do 
So yeah, so another real. This is one thing. The one thing I, I love about rap is the songs that sort of just tell how great they are at, at doing what they're doing, which is that, that's a that's an old trope in uh, in rap and hip hop. Yeah, course. it's funny to say that. This is a weird aside. We're gonna go on a journey, but the another thing that rappers often do is like do a kind of roll call of like who their influences yeah, were yeah, and who right. they. And then on my note for this song, which didn't call the roll call, I was like, they they talk about Billy Joel. They like make a Billy oh, right. Joel reference. <laughs> yes, yes. Which now I'm saying they're like shouting out their influences. Who maybe it was. I know that you don't like Billy Joel, no, right? No, no, I mean, not really. <laughs> I love Billy Joel. Do you really? I now do you love him as a person or you love his music? No, I love his music. Oh, okay. I mean, I, I have his, some of his music's really great. I just think he's uh, kind of a dick. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have like Billy Joel Essentials, which is like his whole oh, okay. catalog. Yeah, and I uh, like once a week I listen to it. Really. That's funny. But when I was a little kid, like I have this memory of like being in a friend's above ground pool. Her parents like brought out tombstone pizza to us, like in the pool. And like nice. Uptown Girl was like blasting, you know, in the stereo. Right. Like, Uptown Girl, she's been living in her Uptown World. I bet she never had a backstreet guy. I bet her mama never told her why. I'm gonna try for her Uptown It's so weird, but. You know, they the fact that that's that they reference that yeah. in there, and also you feel yeah, like they're like, speaking to you to sixteen-year-old well, Heidi. The, the, <laughs> Rob, these are all karmic connections. Right? Okay. Really, they're uh, these invisible I'm lines. Deny, I'm not going to yeah. poo-poo it from you. Yeah, I'll uh, take it. I mean, I love it, but yeah, it's this classic. To me, rap. see, it's funny because I took it as because the, what they're referencing is the we didn't start the fire thing, which is him sort of rapping a little. It's like Billy Joel rap. So, I to me, I'm thinking like they're kind of making fun of him a little. But it, 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 I knows? don't think because in some of my research and I didn't keep the notes, but like the, in other songs on other albums, they do reference yeah Billy Joel. No, well, they're they're from New yeah, York, yeah, yeah. of course. <laughs> they got to be yeah. yeah. It's like Billy Joel and. Uh, Springsteen, the same thing. Bruce Springsteen, Jersey of a band. I don't care what kind of band you are. If you're from New Jersey, you're gonna have a Bruce Springsteen connection. Yeah, too, yeah. You know, That's yeah. Just the way it is. Yeah, I mean, in this song also, you know, there he's. I step from minute to minute, lifetime to lifetime. You know, really talking about. I mean, you know, in the MCA part, really talking about Buddhism and. Just fun and yeah. funky. Now, do you know at all, do you know how the other guy, because he was the one that, that really was into it, became a Buddhist, but did that was that any pro- problems to the other two in the band? Did they have any problem with that, or was there any uh, friction? I, I, I always wonder that. I don't think that there was, because, um, I mean, they, would, they cool. would see, like, 
in prepping for this, they were talking about the album cover art, you know? Yeah. And they had, like, he brought it all of a sudden to them. Like, okay, we're not going to be showing any violent imagery anymore on our album. And so they would have these discussions. And I think, you know, they weren't, the other two weren't Buddhists. And, you know, Javi's not a Buddhist. Like, I don't force him to live my, Buddhism is a very, like, I think that he, he just changed. And I think he was so, you know, amazing. And they were so close at a group that they really supported each other's that's evolution. Yeah. That, you that's know? great. Yeah, right. Because you can do that. Yeah, it, it's true. You could uh, appreciate it, appreciate that he's evolving. And they were evolving too, but they were evolving in their own way too and not necessarily the same path as him. But that's cool. I was just wondering if they would be just like, oh my God. But I guess, like you said, because uh, Buddhism is just something where you're, it's not where you're, trying to make everyone else Buddhist or not worrying about everyone else. You're just being more mindful of the world around you and people. I mean, and also like at that time, you know, they were like, or, you know, there was all the concerts for a free Tibet. Like it was a cause, you know, in the, in the nineties that like a youth cause in the United States, like, So I think they were happy to support. I don't know. You know, they probably rolled their eyes like. Maybe, maybe a a little, but but that's fine. But, you know, like also when you're a Buddhist, like you don't care. Of course. Yeah. You're like, it's not about me. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So now we got. So we're we're convinced that heart attack uh, man is the same guy in what? Tough guy. Tough guy. Yeah. The tough guy is the heart attack man. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, all right. Let's just do a little bit. It starts out kind of like a. like a folk could be a folk song, and then it goes into straight up hardcore. Like the, yeah, awesome. Let's listen to it. Good. Okay. Let's listen to a little. Yeah, then we'll let's take it from here. deeper way to dig into this. It's just about an overweight slob that needs to change his lifestyle or he's going to die of a heart attack. Yeah. It's, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's funny. Like the part in the beginning, you were like folk song. I'm like, what folk song? Like to me, that's some, you know, some some more kind of that jerky boys. Yeah. Right. right. Like you can, they're sitting there. Like I just imagine him like laughing so much that he's like drooling. Yeah. You know, you can stoned. They're probably stoned when that was going on. Yeah. I mean, you can just like, picked you know yeah exactly and it's hilarious it is it's funny and it's well done it's like really well done hardcore also which is great which i appreciate so uh yeah but there's nothing you don't need to dig deeper into it but it's great as as a part of the record as a whole all these things sort of make the record as cool as it is yeah i mean for me I could put this cassette in and just listen to it. Right, yeah. You know, yeah. and be engaged throughout yeah. the whole thing. Exactly. All right, so now uh, we're not... Anything you want to say about the scoop? Uh, it's just uh, we didn't have that as one of the ones we we're going to listen yeah, to. Yeah, there was one um, thing that I put that I didn't say to you, but in the song, All Right, Hear This, he does say, as we learn to breathe love for one another in these times of melding cultures, 
I give respect for what's been borrowed and lent, and I know this music comes down from African descent. Oh, okay. Which is like in that song, they're saying, like, we know. Right, exactly. You know, we exactly. know these are African beats. We know this is, you know, Amer- African-American music, those kind of things. Like, we acknowledge that that's we're co- taking. Yeah, that's cool. And that's even before uh, a cultural... Appropriation. appropriation wasn't maybe a thing many people talked about right. then, but they're yeah. So they're obviously like a, like I keep going back to it. They're they're really smart, intelligent guys that that grew with the times, like you're supposed to do. You can't. That's why it's hard sometimes now when we look back at people's shit they said. You know, you have to also see. Well, have they grown from that? Have they learned from that? And do they own up to it? And then if they did, then what what more can you expect from people? You know? Yeah. I mean, the thing that I think is like this is my little commentary, but it's like, if, if we tell people like what you did was wrong, what you said was wrong, how you acted, whatever right. was bad. Yeah. Then what we want is for people to get better. Exactly. Yeah. And, yeah, and, right. and to give people a chance to change and evolve and, and recognize. Exactly. Right. And like you, you know, who knows if the beastie boys in this moment, you know, would have had the opportunity. They would like, you know, you look back at some of the lyrics on their first album and it's just like, yeah, yeah. Right. So, but they, they could have never grown or evolved from that. And they, and then they'd be assholes and, right. be, and it would be right. valid well, to call them assholes. Yeah. But and yeah, I, people are know, allowed to grow and, yeah. and learn. Like, yeah, thank true. God we're not who we, who we were. All oh, I know. Us. Right. All of us. Oh God. I was <laughs> such an idiot in my twenties. All yeah. right. <laughs> All right. So we're talking about, now we're going to talk about uh, Shambhala and Bodhisattva vow together because I feel like they're kind of tied together, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like sort of like an intro into it. Let's listen to a little bit. first heard this i immediately knew what it was because hobby had played this for me before he played me so what is this called it's the buddhist well, what they're doing the, i mean they're just chanting but but it's the, not but it's a but it's a kind of chanting where they do it from their yeah, throats the, i mean the the so there's i mean the monks do chanting but like a chant master who's who you know that they will lead the chant they can do like a single person can have this multi Right. Tonal right. That's what Hobby was really interested in. The, the fact that they could make their voice sound like yeah. a couple of different voices mixed At together. At one time. Yeah. And then, you know, I mean, it's so, I, I've been in the room where there's, you know, thousands of monks doing this. So, yeah. you know, and we've been in the room where it's just one. Oh, OK. Um, and, you know, different like we've we've had maybe 12 or 10. But, you know. When you're in the room and this is going on, I mean, it's some powerful. It must be powerful. Shit. It makes yeah. me a little uncomfortable just because I feel like they're like it makes my throat feel uncomfortable. Like I get like, oh, I wonder if that hurts doing. That. 
<laughs> it's really weird because in in Louisville, um, we have a, a a Tibetan Buddhist monastery that's from Tibet. Now in India, has their North American headquarters in Louisville, Kentucky. And we get uh, every year a group of monks will come from India and do a tour of the United States. And, you know, they've been here in South Florida. They go everywhere, but we'll get different groups of them. And, you know, the ones that are chant masters that can do the multi-tonal voices. I mean, that's that's really all they do. And it's it's impressive. Like, you know, they're training to do that their whole lives and right you know they'll lead the chant so then you've got 10 other monks or you know the, again i was in a room in india where there was like six thousand oh, monks Jesus doing Christ. that <laughs> and it really when I, I listening back on this i feel like it had so i'm a buddhist i believe in like rebirth and it, it's not reincarnation but to me hearing this when i was a teenager like it 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 woke up some part of me that I feel really was like connected to this tradition that goes back 2,500 years. And so hopefully some of you out there listening to this will have that same feeling. (laughs) Maybe. Who knows? We'll Uh, see. All right. So this leads into a Bodhisattva vow. So let's listen to a little bit of that. Bodhisattvas are what? Explain what you know, what they are. Um, a bodhisattva is uh, someone who's on. They're a Buddhist practitioner, and they make a vow to attain full enlightenment uh, for the benefit of all sentient beings. Right. Um, bodhisattvas choose. So, most of us, when we have rebirth, we will just be kind of thrown into another life based on our karma. Bodhisattvas are, you know, they have control over their rebirth and they choose to continue to be reborn among humans so that they can keep sharing the dharma oh, okay. with us. And so well, they could... Well, thanks, Heidi. Thanks yeah. for staying with us humans. I appreciate that. That's nice of you. I'm an aspiring bodhisattva. You know, they they could go beyond life and like go become an enlightened Buddha. Right. But due to the strength of their compassion, they really continue to work for all of our oh, benefit. That's nice. Um, uh, thank you. And the, the, 
This is another song. This song you can hear like the mix and the distortion. Yeah, they did a really good job of like mixing in the chanting and the music. It's it, it, they did a really good job. And just real quick on Bodhisattva, I already knew the word Bodhisattva because it's a Steely Dan song. Did you realize that? No. Steely Dan have a song called Bodhisattva on Countdown to Ecstasy. Bodhisattva, which take me by the hand. Funny, it's uh, they says Bodhisattva, would you take me by the hand? Can you show me the shine of your Japan, the sparkle of your China? Can you show me Bodhisattva? But it's Steely Dan, so it's kind of like a parody of the way Western people look at Eastern religion. But this is not that. <laughs> no, no. So right. I mean, in this song, he um, references Shanti Deva, who is. Um, you know, an Indian sage that wrote a book called Guide to the Bodhisattva's Way of Life that is basically this book that talks about the things that you would do if you wanted to become a bodhisattva. Right. You know, so patience, generosity, meditation, wisdom, um, all those things. And it's like, you know, every great Buddhist kind of writes their own. Like, I'm doing this to help myself understand if someone else benefits from it. I mean, and it's sincere. You can also hear that in the lyrics to this song. Right. Uh, But it's good. I appreciate it because in reading it, it's not preachy. It's not super preachy and it's not telling you you need to do this, do that. It's very inward, not inward looking. It's looking outward, but it's very, you know, it it just, it just isn't preachy and everything. So it's something you could read and say, oh, okay. You know, I, I, I could hear he's really, uh, and, and actually he said, there's a quote, uh, that, uh, MCA, because obviously this is an MC, this is an MCA yeah, yeah, song, yeah, and this is him. him. But he said something really great. He did he did add that the notion that someone who went to a single teaching and read a couple of books could then write an updated, abridged version of the Bodhisattva, Bodhisattva yeah, is uh, presumptuous at best. <laughs> so he's even he said that. So yeah. that, 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 that's very humble of him to say that. Well, yeah, I mean, I, it is, but it, I mean. He was a sincere practitioner. And, oh, of course. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. But that's but that's good. He's also self-aware to know how it could look, how it would look from an outsider like, oh, okay, look at this kid. You know, how yeah. long has he been, how long has he been, you know, a, a Buddhist? But, you know, whatever. He's he's walking the walk and he's talking to talk and he did for the rest of his life. So yeah. good for him. I mean, and the one thing I'll say to that is like I am real friends with many Tibetans and many Buddhists and monks and nuns and they are my friends and like to them there's no concept of cultural appropriation right like passing and sharing Tibetan culture is crucial to its survival because it's literally under attack in China China took over Tibet Tibetans are not allowed to speak the language they're not allowed to wear traditional clothes you're not allowed to have a picture of the Dalai Lama inside China you can go to jail and so when they are sharing the Tibetan Dharma and their culture the chanting the horns the um, clothing that they wear the food that they make it's for the survival of the culture right and there's none of this like oh you just came here you can't write this song right. exactly they yeah. are Which like is, yeah good I could tell just from you because I know you're not like I said because you're a practicing Buddhist hobby is not but they're still they, they love I think they sometimes love seems they love hobby more than they love you that's maybe. true <laughs> it is true but you know for them when they hear like when I talk to my teacher or my friends they're like you know, maybe this lifetime you're new to Buddhism 
but you've been practicing many lifetimes. Right. <laughs> so maybe right. you just started really practicing, you know, 10 years ago, but I know you've been practicing a long time because yeah. you wouldn't be here now if you weren't. Exactly. And I just will add very quickly, um, in our daily prayer book, we always say a prayer um, and it says, as soon as even a glittering symbol of the name of the Bodhisattva, Shanti Deva, enters the ears of the fortunate ones, it eliminates their mental darkness. And uh. so you don't even need to understand, like all of you people out there in that record, Got Me Highland, you've heard the name. And now you have no more darkness. Oh, nice. Okay. Well, that's a great, that, that's a great place to end, uh, yeah. end it like that. I mean, you can't get more positive than that. Yeah. Uh, well, this was, Heidi, of course, this was really fun. This was great. It was great having you on. And uh, I knew, I had a feeling it was going to be deeper than just listening to the Beastie Boys. Yeah. Record. And I will say to anyone, there are tons of resources. If you have any interest in Tibetan Buddhism, I will make Rob put something up on uh the website um but you know yeah. it's really a worthy cause if even anyone, if you're not yeah, right. yeah. If, if, if interested explore it uh, i was going to ask you so that's good so we'll put up some uh some places uh for them to go and learn more about it yeah 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 all right oh awesome so uh after you do that you could also if you want to follow us on uh instagram and facebook it's at that record got me high also that facebook group got me high is a lot of fun you're not now heidi you're not you you dip your toe into social media and then you take it out so right now you're you're not do you have you yeah have i have a instagram it's called heidi runs a lot and oh, there you go. all right so that's still up at heidi runs a lot yeah i Love it and hate it. Of course. You know? <laughs> well, it, we all, we have a love-hate relationship. It makes me crazy, so. But don't let it, it should, why does it make you crazy? I, I, I woke up the other morning and had like a million messages like, oh, somebody using your name and face is asking me for money. Oh, Jesus. And I'm like, I, I have, I don't do anything. Like I have a hundred people that I actually know. Like, right. What's happening? Really? All right. Yeah. Well, I don't understand. Look, I, don't, I have no idea. We may have to look. Yeah. Your mom tried to friend me too. And I was like, <laughs> this is fake. I don't know what's happening. I, I don't know. know. No, she tried to friend, friend me too. And I, I don't think I accepted it. I yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's, she's got a I don't know. Like things like that happen, I get scared. <laughs> I'll delete my Instagram. All right. Uh, on Twitter, you can go to at TRGMH podcast and you can email me at TRGMH33 at gmail.com. I just want to say, uh, people, you know, I get really nice emails from uh, from people just, you know, tell me they enjoy the show. And, and uh, you know, I, I answer, of course, I answer the emails, but just to let you know, I really appreciate any. Uh, all the positivity and people saying they, they love the show and they listen to it. It means the world to me, guys. You know what else would mean the world to me? You can go to patreon.com uh, slash TRGMH and become a patron of the show if you want. But even do it, don't do it, as long as you listen. And uh, I really appreciate all of you. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe. Whatever you do listen to on, uh, subscribe to the show. Heidi, this was awesome. Thank you, Maybe I'll come back yeah. Oh, I had one other thing that I'm going to throw out to your people. You should do uh, like um, a Patreon episode that's like your workout song. I was thinking about that. Oh, like okay. That's that good. record I, got, that single got me sweating or something. Yeah. Honestly, I don't know how many of my listeners work out, but you know, maybe some. <laughs> if you want to run, you can follow me on Instagram. There I'll, you I'll go. make you do it. All right. All right. Well, that's a good idea. Thanks again, <laughs> Heidi. Thanks everyone for listening. We'll see you next week. We are out of here. <laughs>